Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast with your hosts, Michael L. and Lee M. This is a show where we provide inspiration through interviews with members of the recovery community. While we are not affiliated with any 12-step recovery program, you may hear them mentioned throughout the course of an interview. Thanks for joining us. Today is February 1st. We have a special guest. Her name is Yu Chen Si, and I know her from Philadelphia. I know she's always in service, helping people, despite the fact that she's a busy student. She's going to share on the goal sanity today. I hope you enjoy this episode. Yu Chen, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Would you read the daily reflection for today for us? Of course. February 1st. Goal. Sanity. Step two gently and very gradually began to infiltrate my life. I can't say upon what occasion or upon what day I came to believe in a power greater than myself, but I certainly have that belief now. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 27. Came to believe. I gave lip service to my belief when I felt like it or when I thought it would look good. I didn't really trust God. I didn't believe he cared for me. I kept trying to change things I couldn't change. And gradually, in disgust, I began to turn all over, saying, You are so omnipotent. Omnipotent. You take care of it. He did. I began to receive answers to my deepest problems, sometimes at the most unusual times, driving to work, eating lunch, or when I was sound asleep. I realized that I hadn't thought of those solutions. A power greater than myself had given them to me. I came to believe. I promised that I graduated from college. (laughs) You did great. That was fantastic. Thank you so much. So sanity, it's something we don't think too much about, uh, but it is a it is a big thing that we get back and it's part of the program for me, for sure. So Yu Chen, why did you select February 1st and the goal of sanity to share on today? Well, Mike, I don't know about you. I don't think a lot about sanity, but I think a lot about insanity. And, um, and it's interesting. I think my entire life, um, I always kind of known that I was insane. Um, I always felt like there was something deeply wrong with me and I ran around trying to find like some solution without ever getting a real diagnosis. I just wanted someone to tell me what was wrong. Um, And it wasn't until I came to this program and I was shown what sanity looks like um, that I began to even know that there was um, a a different way of existing out there. And for me, I um, watched other people at first. And then um, again, I did not believe I could have that for myself, but little bit at a time, kind of like this reading talks about very gradually, um, I began to experience sanity. And um, I think I've heard it said in the room that the spirituality in AA, it's very much um, learned from experience, um, and it's practical. And for me, um, it's very hard for me, especially in the beginning to believe in something that I didn't feel like I got evidence for. Um, so when I did follow through with steps and listen to my sponsor, 
certain things started to change in my brain. Like it was like drugs and alcohol, right? Like these things literally started shifting in my brain. Um, and I had no way of explaining it. And in the beginning, I still um, would, like, even though I had these evidences, I still couldn't have got take everything. I still had this like back and forth of like, you can have these things. Like, I know you take care of me to a certain extent, but I don't know if you like have my entire life covered. Right. And, um, and I, the way I think about it, like in the beginning, I had to have, I, I had to have my will literally yanked out of me. Like I have to go through enough pain where I'm finally like this saying sa- said, um, you take care of it. Finally, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And um, today it's just been a different experience. It's, I'm so grateful to say that like today I fight a lot less. I can still become a rebellious teenager at times, but um, I've definitely been shown that the sooner I turn over, the less pain I experience and the more miracle that I get to have. And I'll just like, say this. Um, I think I also chose this reading because of the the hard time that we've had this past um, year and everything. Um, and I've really come to be grateful for um, my relationship with a higher power and who I choose to call God. Um, and I watch other people, people who are not in our program who do not have a drinking problem. And this year, everybody is just so in so much uncertainty and fear, like, and understandably so. Um, And I remember like back then, like, I would be in so much fear over the tiniest uncertainty. Like, was I going to find a parking spot on my way to the meeting? Like, I would literally think about that the entire day up till like the moment I had to leave for the meeting. It was like, I'm not going to find a parking spot. And today, you know, like literally nothing is certain in this world. And somehow because of my relationship with God, um, I don't feel that much fear. And I know that everything is going to be taken care of. Um, I don't know why many things are happening but just looking back at my experiences, I didn't have to understand. God didn't have to explain to me like, hey, this is why I'm doing things. But um, there always ended up being a reason and it's beyond anything that I can never dream of. What did it look like prior to coming into the program of recovery? Yeah. Um, speaking of insanity, uh, my bottom... And I was just doing a little bit of writing about this before we were speaking. And um, my bottom didn't look as bad as maybe some people. Um, I was really young. Um, I got sober at 19. And um, I hadn't even done really that much drinking in terms of like length of time. Um, but I definitely like was completely broken and just empty a shell of a human being on the inside. And I ended up in the psych unit um, in New York city and um, kind of like the self will thing. Um, I've had a very strong will my entire life. And 
I always felt like I had to be self-sufficient and I couldn't trust anybody in this world. I could always get myself out of trouble and pull through at the last minute, but I never realized I was a person that was getting myself into troubles in the first place. And I was just running around so exhausted my entire life. Ever since I was a child, um, I was actually born and raised in China. And um, I came from a family that did the best they could, but they were all people that were hurting and didn't have access to the same kind of support that I do today. So hurt people hurt people. Um, and I just grew up very terrified all the time. And I would look at other people and feel like everyone else knew what they were doing except for me. And I always somehow ended up being like the new kid on the block, right? What it feels like is that I get to the new school and then I find out there was an orientation a week ahead where everybody already met each other. They already know like what to do how to dress for school, little cliques have already formed. And like, I just found out there was this thing a week ago. So now I don't have any friends. I have to fake like a personality to fit into a group. So like my entire life, there were just a lot of acting and manipulating, lying, stealing, anything I had to do to feel like I could have a place in this world. Um, I moved to the U.S. when I was 14. That was um, even more difficult. Talk about feeling like an outcast. Um, I was in a country that was foreign to me, and I was a foreigner and and, um, barely spoke the language. Um, Realized I looked different from most people. And that just brought up my insecurity so much. And I just wanted to do everything to become American. Um, And it did work in my favor in the sense that like, I can speak very good English today. And a lot of people can't tell that I wasn't born here. Um, But also I picked up the drinking and the drugging very fast as well, because I thought, you know, that's part of the American culture. Right. Um, And the first night I drank, I blacked out. And I didn't ever understand why you would drink for any other reason because I was just so tired my entire life um, of fighting like a war that didn't really exist. But when I drank, I could finally just like get loose and have quote unquote no consequences and just breathe. Um, So I very quickly started drinking heavily, blacking out all the time, waking up at places that I know like that shouldn't have been. I had no idea where where it was, waking up next to people I didn't know. Um, And when I got to college, but dropped out very quickly, um, I actually experienced a sexual assault pretty early on into my college career. And that only became a reason, um, for me to drink over, right? I felt like, oh, now you can't tell me to cut back on my drinking. Like I have a reason. Um, I'm in so much pain and nobody else understands. And it's like 
the big book talks about how it's like this guy that has a headache um, and he just keeps like banging his head on the wall thinking that like the headache would go away. And that's what I was like. I'm like, I'm in so much pain. So I'm just going to keep hurting myself with all the heavy drinking and, um, and all the other stuff. Um, and that my entire, like my mental health, physical health just went out the window very quickly and ended up, um, in the psych unit. So that was when I realized whatever I did my entire life, like finally I couldn't get myself out, like literally can't get myself out. And I had to start listening. And, um, I've been told to go to AA for a while at that point. Um, and when I came out of psych unit, I didn't have a college to go back to anymore. Um, I was not in a great place with my family, surprisingly. And I really didn't have friends because I faked a personality my entire life. And um, I had nothing. I was nobody. And AA didn't require me to be anybody. So that was like the only place I could go. So I ended up coming to AA. And um, my sobriety date is February 16, 2016. So um, hopefully soon I'll have five years, which is crazy. Like my life has just gotten so big and beautiful and wild. It's phenomenal to watch and congratulations. And what does life look like today? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, Well, I have been sitting in this chair in this room for like, the past week, <laughs> but because, you know, life today for all of us is, it's different, but, um, life is amazing. Like I wake up, I still wake up every day, like in disbelief and in so much gratitude. Um, I am a student at one of the top medical schools in the country. And, um, so I'm on my way to become a doctor and that's insane because um, I dropped out of college, right? Like I was, I I am an alcoholic. I was a drug user. Um, And I was in a psych ward, right? And like, I just never would, like if, if things went my plan, I wouldn't be here. They're just like, there's no reason. Like looking at my life, like nothing would point to where I'm at today. Um, there's no one in my family in the healthcare field. Um, even just the fact that I'm an immigrant, I came to this country at 14. Like these are all things that would have like shown me that like, there's no way I could go into a field like medicine that let alone the fact that like, I had no interest because it's too like quote unquote selfless, selfless of a career. And I'm too selfish to do anything (laughs) to help other people. Right. I know that not to be true. I know the service that you do. (laughs) Well, you didn't meet me back then, but yeah. Um, so yeah, today, um, I am actively sponsored Um, I take other people, other women, um, through the big book and through the steps as well. Um, I actually have friends that love me and I love where I had this experience recently where one of my friends, um, got a job and I was genuinely happy for her. (laughs) 
I don't know why my entire life, I just never had that feeling where I'm like genuinely happy for someone else's accomplishment without just being like sore on the inside. So that's a miracle for me. Um, Yeah. And again, like, I don't know exactly where I'm going to go. Like people ask me all the time, like, what's your next, what's your plan going forward? What kind of doctor are you going to be? I don't have a plan. I'm not that worried because I look back and six years ago, I was in the psych unit, right? And like, there's no way I could have planned any of these things. So really like God blows my mind. So there's no use for me right now to be like, oh, I'm going to be like this, this and that. I just know that whatever happens next is to go, is to going to be better than anything I could plan and um, beyond my imagination. Uh, Maybe talk a little bit about the meetings that you attend. It is different in the pandemic, um, but I personally have really appreciate a zoom. Um, medical school is really difficult and demanding, but thanks to zoom, um, I get to today, like go to at least one meeting every day. Um, when school gets really, really demanding, um, I try to at least hit like three or four meetings a week, a week. Um, I work with my sponsor via Zoom as well, um, but I also just call her every day. And um, yeah, I go to, I, I love the the morning meeting that we go to where I met you, um, the 715 Sunrise Semester. Um, I also go to big book study meetings. And um, what's been really helpful for me in the pandemic is also just having a morning routine because so many of our life, right? So, so much of our life is unstructured and I'm a person that needs structure. Um, right now my routine is um, I wake up around 4.45 and um, hit my knees, pray. Um, I do some yoga and movement because I find that my mind is actually like racing a thousand miles per hour in the beginning when I first wake up. And if I try to meditate, it just, it's just become me thinking about things that don't matter. Like what's going to be for lunch, dinner, tomorrow's lunch, dinner, (laughs) that, that, that girl that stole my boyfriend in fourth grade, you know? Um, (laughs) So I do some yoga to get the energy out and then I meditate for 20 minutes um, I read the big book, eight, uh, pages eight, six, eight, 86 to 88. Um, I write down what jumps out to me. It's so crazy. Like I read it every day, I can memorize it, but there are always words that jump out to me and I write, I write about it. And if anything comes up to my mind, I write that down. Um, and then usually after that, I pray again, because now at this point I've had like more of more clarity about like what I need help with. Um, Yeah. And that's just been keeping me grounded. Well, Chen, thank you so much for spending some time and helping us to understand what, what the goal of sanity looks like and, um, and what your program of recovery looks like. It's it's an inspiration. I know uh, school in general is difficult and medical school for sure 
is is challenging. Um, I know from personal experience working with uh, with students through the CPC program at in um, in our local area intergroup cooperation with the professional community. I know what these students go through, and I, I think it's just such a wonderful inspiration that um, that someone like yourself has been through. Um, well, I mean, it's you never want to wish anybody to go through what you've gone through, but um, knowing that it is an asset to you and you are helping so many people, that's a fantastic thing. So I just want to, I want to recognize you for that and thank you for, for sharing your time with me today. Well, thank you so much. And for everything that you do, I'm very honored to be here. Thanks so much to you, Chen. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more information about the podcast, you can find us online at dailyreflectionpodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Reflector. We've got a Facebook group. You can join in the conversation at facebook.com slash group slash Daily Reflection Podcast. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.